we're whispering because I live at home with my children and I don't want them to hear this. But Chris Columbus has a darkness in his soul that he would put that into that movie and that he would open this kid's movie with a dude pretending to be hung by the neck until dead. Gremlins is like rated R though. It's by no means a kid's movie. Is it rated R? I'm pretty sure. I don't think it is. I think it's PG. I feel like we should make bets when things like this happen. Uh, Yeah. Holy shit. PG, baby. You're a Told you, man. Gremlins is PG. You're on Midnight Local, the podcast from How to Drink, where we just talk about things. Movies. uh, Pop culture. Maybe some video games. That too. All the things. The things. The stuff and things. All of the stuff and the things on Midnight Local. Let's get to it. Today we're talking about the Goonies. Meredith, when was the last time you saw Goonies? In real life? In real life. Yeah, like uh, an hour and a half ago. What a coincidence. (laughs) So did I. I watched it with you. Yeah, before that it had been uh, before the pandemic, but not long before because- Same. Alamo Drafthouse did like a special event where you went and they had special food and they had like a bunch, they had like a whole gift bag of goodies. Sounds awesome. It was a very interactive, fun experience. They kind of stopped doing that. After the pandemic, haven't really picked it back up since then. Yeah, I can't do that during a pandemic. Yeah, I just thought they'd start it again. They do definitely show old movies, but not with all of the accoutrement. No accoutrement. Yeah. You know what, what is interesting about me? Many things, Craig. Many Ooh, things. What a nice thing to say. If you were to put a gun to my head, I could not spell accoutrement. Oh, I couldn't spell lots of things. If you yeah. put a gun to my head, I would be dead. You know what I've been using lately? What? Bric-a-brac. I've never heard of it. You don't know bric-a-brac? Ah, what's all this bric-a-brac over here? Oh, bric-a-brac. Yeah, like clutter stuff, you know? You put out the, the bric-a-brac plater, the odors, you know? You could say bric-a-brac for just about anything. Frickin' frack is how I would have thought of Frickin' frack? Bric-a-brac. I don't, bric-a-brac. You don't know bric-a-brac? No. Brick, I never heard of frickin' frack. Frickin' frack. Frickin' frack's a different thing, but bric-a-brac, yeah. I'm trying to think. That's a watch. Oh, fr- bric-a-brac is a watch? Fric-a-frac. Because a swatch makes a watch for kids, and it's called a frick and frack. What is happening right now? <laughs> Brick-a-brack, accoutrement, frick-a-frack, watches. We're talking about it all. Goonies. Let's talk about the Goonies. Um, so Goonies, man. What year did that come? This is a good movie, right? Goonies is a good movie. I don't think we can, like, there's. we don't need to get into is it good or bad. Goonies no, is good. It's good. I don't think, we don't need to make excuses for for it. That's one of the best things about it. And yeah. I, I we, that's getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but let's go right there. 80s movie. Um, and I think this is a question you got to ask about every movie you look at from the 80s and, and really ever, I guess. I think it's more than a year or three old, really, because things change so fast. Uh, is this one uh, has this one aged poorly? It hasn't. I mean, there's no. a, it's a couple of insensitive things in there, but like, yeah, nothing that makes the movie ever in the cancelable count. You know what blows my mind? Because I think this is one of the ones that you generally almost always have to overlook in every 80s movie. You're gonna be like, well, OK, fine. Yeah. No F slurs. Well, it was PG. Yeah, but that wouldn't have mattered. They say shit. They say damn. Yeah, but they don't call it. F's. Me you could say. For, for gay. For the. Oh. No slur. No slurs. Oh, yeah. No, there's really no gay jokes. Really? Yeah, nobody's um, masculinity is ever called into question in the oh, film. Oh, no. They hug frequently. Yeah. Like when he he runs and hugs his oh. brother. <laughs> there was one, the, the, this is the men's room. <laughs> that's the one beat which I love. <laughs> but that's not. That's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like endearing. It's, it's, yeah, it's thing. totally awesome. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I, I love movies from this time period, but so many of them hold up so poorly uh, through a modern lens. And this is one of the... You know, a lot of people say, oh, you can't judge by 
modern standards and morality. Well, yeah, that would be true if there weren't any. That is a really good point. I know there's some moments that stand out in this movie, like when Chunk does the what's it? The truffle shuffle. The truffle shuffle. Yeah. I had read that the actor, and actually I couldn't find this today when I was looking for it, but I remember years ago reading that that was pretty damaging for that kid sucks too because that's actually a beat too that doesn't actually add anything to the movie you already know that mouth is a turd yeah and you're gonna find out in something that does add like context to the movie when he is like giving fake translations it's so good it's so good the woman who's been hired to help them move oh my god that's such a great beat in that movie like sloth is just a sad story so sloth here's the problem with sloth and it's this you know The issue with sloth is in us, in us. Do you see sloth as a representation of a person with Down syndrome? Hmm. Which I, I mean, honestly, I think growing up we did. Like as I, as as an awful little shit child, I think I did. But, you know, I don't know if that was intended. I think I just saw him as. Just a monster boy. It's something that was terrifying to children that then turns out to be right. fine. I, yeah, I don't yeah. know if I assign. But he is a person. Right. And and was not presumably born that way, though. No, we're pretty sure he wasn't because what we find out at the end, I always thought that, that was what, you know, when mom's like admitting to dropping him on his head numerous times. Right. That's like why sloth is sloth, right? That's like the whole thing. Right. He's an abused child. An abused and disabled child. Right. Yes. But is that problematic? I don't think so, because like ultimately the kids come to love him. He is like the savior and hero of the film. Am I wrong? To me, he was never representing something that exists in real life. That's true. I mean, he's a puppet. Right. He's partially a puppet. Right. It's like so outlandish. Like he's the most fantastical part of this movie, like in a very grounded movie. Is he the most fantastical part? To me, he is. That's a great question. I'm thinking about that now. He might be. Yeah. Except for maybe the cut octopus scene. The giant octopus that doesn't make it in the film. Everybody right. knows about that. I mean, I don't know if we need to go into the detail, but there was apparently a giant octopus fight. It's actually referenced. In the end of the movie, yeah. Yeah, they talk about fighting the giant octopus. Somehow that made the cut. Yeah, Data says the octopus was scary. I don't know. There's like a lot of stuff in it that I'm like, sh- like there's all kinds of like, quote, flubs just watching yeah. it now where I'm like, oh, wow, that made the movie. So one, you know, in film school, they always teach you to check the gate because that's the film thing, right? There's... Mikey's big moment when he is explaining the history of One-Eyed Willie, and it must have been the best take, there is a huge defect in the film, in the gate of the, uh, the from the camera in the top right corner, but it lines up with his hair so perfectly that they can live with it. You don't see it unless you're psychotic like I am and, you know, used to do quality control on edits for a living. Yeah, you caught it. Once you see it, you can't unsee it, but... I to confirm your theory on that being the best take, the director Richard Donner would just just told um Sean Astin the story of One Eyed Willie like once before oh. they shot and just had him say it back to him. Oh, that's amazing. To get this like really genuine sort of like I'm remembering the story like it wasn't memorized. Wow. So like of course that was the best take. It was probably the first take. Yeah, exactly. So Or the only. <laughs> Possibly the only. Richard Donner, man, he kicks ass. He was directed the shit out of this movie. And then there's also a moment when they're riding bikes. And mm. I think it's uh, Mouth or somebody, you know, it's it's like, a, it's like an establishing shot. But one of the kids throws the map to the other kid and it misses. 
and they they like Sean Aston swings back around on his bike to get it. The camera doesn't miss a beat. Whoever was operating killed it because they stayed with the action just the right way. And the kid who's doing, um, uh, who plays Chunk, just keeps going. Like you know, like right. everything about it is. He's just talking about all the the his one time my mom made me do the blah, 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 and he never misses a beat. And it's just like man, everybody's on fire to make that work. And it, it's better because yeah. like that's like you know kids. They throw the map, they miss, they have to go back for it. Like, that's just so authentic. He's the one kid that I feel like probably ad-libbed in this book. Because he's just always, whenever he starts talking, he doesn't stop. He just keeps going and sort of follows along and keeps moving his mouth. Yeah, maybe all of them were, yeah. So I wonder about him. It's funny, whenever I see something like that in a movie, this is like the dumbest reference point. But when I see like, oh, we threw the map, we had to go back for it, the map fell on the ground. And like, it's just like part of that the texture of that reality, that verisimilitude. I forget who it was, but one of the, the creator of the Aqua Teen Hunger Force, which I know if you watch it, stuff like that happens where somebody will just miss something and pick it up or like Master Shake will fall down and have to like for no reason and he'll just stumble it and just have to get back animated up. A real- and the guy who created the show, the showrunner or whatever was like, yeah, we put those moments in there because it makes it feel real. real. And it's like, they're putting, it's animated, they're putting flubs into the show to make it feel real. Richard Donner just knew how to direct kids because sure. each one of these kids, no one feels like they're memorizing. They just feel like these characters. And by the end of the movie, like you can tell that they've been acting together for like weeks and had fun. Like the way that um, Corey Feldman and uh, Steph, the other the other girl, the blonde girl with the glasses. Oh, yeah. Are interacting by the end just like feels something like something that can't be scripted. Like they're just like they, yeah, they're pals. They, they're pals. And yeah. like they I think found these moments between these you're kids. You're kind of pretty when your face doesn't screw it up for you. <laughs> yeah. <It's> so good. <laughs> but you can tell like the way that she like listens to him and sort of responds like either these kids are phenomenal actors. Well, they or are. These directors just knew how to get these performances out of them because they are believably so their characters from beat one to the end of the movie they're fantastic like if you ever go and watch like the first harry potter those kids are stumbling through that movie sort of oh yeah they grown to their characters stiff. over seven movies but yeah. they're reciting lines and look they've got a they're they're playing established characters so it's a different task i'm trying to think of another movie recently with kids off the top of my head but that's the one that's coming to me i can't either you just don't feel that at all it here. might be something the fact that we're the wrong age group it might also be something to the fact that there's not a lot of memorable movies with kids coming out there's so this was like the big thing that i wanted to talk about it's with this movie. movie yeah right that's like that's not just like thrown done cheaply thrown on tv or streaming and like like do teenagers watch movies I don't, I don't know what the teenagers do. is there just like is the reason they're not being made because like there's just no market for them well i mean i don't know what the budget was on this do you because i would bet it falls into that middle budget territory that sure. doesn't exist anymore the other thing is you say it was pg i don't think pg-13 existed yet i didn't know that that's really interesting and i'm actually now i'm real certain of it it should have been pg-13 for sure absolutely and i don't think this pg-13 shit getting made anymore like pg-13 you were saying before you were like uh, the golden age of PG thirteen. I don't think PG thirteen exists anymore. Yeah, everything like, it does, I saw, but like nothing is gonna come out that's yeah. PG. All of my weekends were filled with going to the movie theater and seeing PG thirteen movies. Absolutely, yeah, movies that would appeal to you know parents and also kids that were with them. Can you look it up? What year did this come out? I think PG thirteen was rating. created 
on the heels of 19, Temple of Doom. It was 1984, so maybe the heels of Temple of Doom right before this, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah barely yeah. a thing. They weren't using it yet, maybe when this was going through the MPAA. Right. 100%, it's not a PG film. Not by today's standards. These dead bodies and gunshots, and like, they're gonna murder those kids. The opening scene. He breaks out of a prison by pretending to hang himself. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. You just see his feet yeah. and they pan up and it's you just dark, think you see dude. a guy hanging. It's dark. It is dark. It is dark. And actually, that's Chris Columbus, right? So Chris Columbus, he was a writer on this. Chris Columbus, uh, well, he was the writer. The writer. Well, yeah. no, Steven Spielberg also gets writing credit as well. But Columbus, his big movie was The Gremlins, mm. which is referenced in Goonies, by the way. And I have to whisper about this, but the thing about Gremlins is that it was a Christmas movie that ruins Santa Claus because a character in it says, and that's how I learned Santa Claus isn't real. And we're whispering because I live at home with my children and I don't want them to hear this. But Chris Columbus has a darkness in his soul that he would put that into that movie and that he would open this kid's movie with a dude pretending to be hung by the neck until dead. Gremlins is like rated R though. It's by no means a kid's movie. Is it rated R? I'm pretty sure. I don't think it is. I think it's PG. I feel like we should make bets when things like this happen. Uh, yeah. Gremlins is pretty gory. The second one certainly is. Holy shit. PG, baby. You're fucking Told you, man. Gremlins me. is PG. Gremlins 2 is 13, right? PG 13. Yeah. I remember, so I'd seen Gremlins and it's we put on movie. Gremlins 2 at my grandmother's house. Yeah. And my, my Iowan grandmother. Yeah. And she was like, and we were there for Christmas. What are you? Well, we had to yeah. turn it off. Like she never made me turn off a thing in my oh, really? life. And that Gremlins too. Oh, she that's was crazy. just like not in my house. There's a Key and Peele sketch about Gremlins two getting written and how Gremlins two, for the record, bears so little resemblance to Gremlins in tone and in character and everything. Because sure. like Gremlins two, Gremlins is a a heart filled, spooky holiday movie. Gremlins two is. A cocaine-fueled, <laughs> terrible comedy. Well, it's mostly the gremlins. Like, right, yeah, exactly. You just get right into the gremlin action. Exactly. We're way off topic on this one already. No, we're, talking we're not. About gremlins. The gremlins ties into yeah, it's true. Christopher Columbus. We're talking about his work. I feel like we're more on topic than usual. More on topic than usual today <laughs> on Midnight Local. We need like a, topic, local. a topic meter that yeah. just starts <laughs> to go. <laughs> the gauge breaks. of topicality. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. When I was into Goonies, Temple of Doom was like one of my other my other favorite movie at that time, um, which if you watch recently does not hold up because Temple of Doom feels xenophobic as hell, which actually is something I want to bring up. Right. So and I'm going to butcher his name. Ki Hui Kwan. Ki Hui Kwan. So Ki Kwan is in this movie and he was also, of course, in Temple of Doom. And that's why I love bringing up Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom, I revisited a few years ago and I felt kind of icky watching it you were saying yeah yeah because it's like first off it's real juvenile in a way that 
uh Raiders is not. Like it it's the the humor in it is just gross out humor, but a lot of it is also really xenophobic. Like a lot of it centers on like oh, these backward, you know, uh, mogul is that the term like the I guess uh, what the hell the maharaja or something is like yeah anyway these backward people in this primitive part of India eating chilled monkey brains oh, and yeah. stuff like it's all so xenophobic and you I know after watching Naked and Afraid I think that we used to eat a lot more things th- we sure were- sure 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 <laughs> but no I'm t- you have to see it because like there's a whole yeah, scene yeah, where and- the whole point is like. It's gross oh my god! Are, these yeah. people are disgusting monsters. Yes, um, it is. I, I know what you're and talking about. In fact, it turns out that they are like cannibalistic monsters. But like, whatever, you know, it's, that are enslaving children. Yes, yeah. child slavers. That's true. Obviously, I'm not really qualified to make this statement. And I know Ke Hui Kwan said that there was no roles for Asian Americans, and that's why he kind of went behind the camera for like 30 years or whatever, and now he's acting again, and he's nominated for an Oscar. Just a great movie that we will cover eventually. Yeah, I have to see it. I haven't seen it yet. But I mean, like, do you think Data, is Data racially insensitive as a character? I don't know if I'm fully qualified to answer that question. Sure. But um, I at least know that he's not putting on the accent. That's true. So. That's true, yeah. That changes things a bit for me in my interpretation of that role so no like he's inspector gadget for me right he loves well he loves 007 james bond right that's and his his dad's clearly an inventor as well right so i don't know i personally i don't it doesn't hit me personally so i I don't know well i always identified with data because he he was like the nerd and i always thought of myself as the nerd right to me that was he was the coolest one I wanted to be like him. Him and Chunk are the most memorable characters, certainly. I love Mouth, too. Sure. But, eh. Sure. I, when I think about this movie, I think about Data's gadgets. Yeah. And Chunk's story about vomiting in the movie theater. Right. Or just all of Chunk's the most quotable character in the movie. Not for me. Well, Who is? For me, the line in this movie that resonated my whole life is, but these are my dreams. And I'm taking them back. Yeah. For Oh, my God, man. It's a great line. It's the most emotional moment in the movie, I think. Yes. Like, by far. I, I understand what you're saying. But it's it's like you're you're talking about this movie with your friends. You're going back and forth. You're not stopping and, like, reciting that line. No, but I honestly, I know we just watched it. And I was laughing my ass off at half of what Chunk said. But I couldn't tell you a thing except for Rocky Road at this point. Rocky Road. Well, hey, you guys. That's Chunk. Isn't that Sloth? Sloth says it because Chunk says it. Oh, Chunk says it in the beginning. Right. He is great. All of the kids are so great. They're so authentic feeling. You, I mean, we said that, but it, it bears repeating, tripleting, quadrupleting. Yeah, they're, no one's repeating anything. They're very unique characters that all bring something fun to the movie. Huge amounts of fun. Huge and even the brother, I would say. Except for Andy. <laughs> That's where you're going. <laughs> No, I was, we'll talk about Andy in a minute. Andy gets, I honestly, I think that one of my, my one observation was that I think I said it before when we were watching, it was like every kid gets a chance to be smart. Every kid gets the chance to be right. Nobody's always the butt of the joke, right? Like even Chunk, he knows that there's trouble in there before yeah. anybody else does. He's right. He's right the whole time. Andy has her moment. What was her moment? She plays oh, the, the keyboard. Keyboard. Yeah, right. she gets her moment. Yeah. But she doesn't know that 
B flat and A sharp are the same note. You know, she she took lessons when she was four That's and true. she pulls it off. That's so true. Andy does get her moment. I Yes. But she is by far like she is the until that moment. She is a pain in the ass. She's just bitching and moaning about everything. Yeah. And her poor friend, Steph, is constantly trying to. I mean, Steph says it great. She's like, I feel like I'm babysitting and I'm not getting paid. <laughs> yeah. That to me is the most quotable line in the movie. She is cool as shit. What other stuff has she been in? Because she's Martha Plimpton. So the most aspirational character in this movie. And right? I'll tell you what. Right? Oh, hell yeah. I got a picture of her here in like a tux. Oh, it's okay. getting better and better. She's a star in HBO Max's Lena Dunham dramedy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you got to take the work you can get. <laughs> it's life, baby. Oh, Parenthood. I must have looked at her. Oh, because we thought she looked like. Um... What's her name from the boys? I like, is yeah. it her mom? Is, is, is she her Are mom? Are they sisters? No, they're not sisters because. I don't know. Generationally, I don't think that'd be possible. I don't know. Bring this actress back. Anyway, back to Andy. So one. Oh, man. She has an opportunity to go get help for everybody, but instead she is trying to impress Josh and she just sends up her sweater instead. Oh, no. I Okay. I read that differently because that's right after the moment where he gives them the big speech about it being their time. I hear you. I totally hear you. But it's but also certain death is down there. But she's like she's your like connecting character right like it's well established she's rich she talks about her mom Steinway but like she wants to be with the Goonies she wants to be one of them right so I think that's I think if you lose that beat you lose something from the movie oh that's fair you I don't think you're wrong I just and I think as a beat in a kids movie ostensibly a kids movie it feels perfectly true but yeah they she could she could have gotten them all get help but who's like people know where they are. Yeah, I guess I never even registered that moment as a moment that she could save them all. They all could have gotten out of there. <laughs> they all could have, right? Yeah. But they decided to stay. Yeah. That's the whole. It's thing. really funny too. Is it like my memory <laughs> of it? I was like, oh right, the well. As we're watching the movie, I was like, I can't believe that Troy is about to leave all these kids to die in a well. Oh, that's not what happens. They decide not to go. They do, but he could. He. She doesn't have to go up to tell someone. He could go tell someone where they His are. Kids are down the well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he had he had there was attempted murder on. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. Brand in the beginning totally, of the movie. Totally tried to kill him, throwing him off a Threw cliff. Throw him off a freaking mountain. Yeah. Uh, also, that's very similar happened. Identical scene happens in the Karate Kid. You know, I've never seen the Karate. We got to put it on the list. It's actually yeah. a pretty good flick. I think I'll like it. So. I just want to go back to this. I don't want to beleaguer beleaguer the point. Mm -hmm. There is this idea in my brain that maybe making the Asian kid data, the gadgeteer, is that a stereotype? In the 80s, it might have been. But I, I want to just point out that, like, that's the guy I wanted to be. I love that guy. You know, my favorite Ninja Turtle was Donatello. I wanted to do machines. Donatello does machines. He does That's machines. The, the theme song. I yeah. just know he's the um Bo Steph. Yeah. Bo Michelangelo Steph. is my favorite. Yep, party dude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Raphael's an angsty uh angry man, angry teenager. Leonardo is just the leader. If you use Leonardo in the arcade game, um when he fights people with swords, it goes cling clang, cling cling. It makes oh, sword nice. noises. I always chose to play with Michelangelo in uh Teenage Mutant in, in the second video game. Gotcha. Anyway. I don't know what to say about that. I mean, like, if you're going to compare him to other Asian characters of that time frame, uh, you go with 
the donger in 16 candles right not great and himself in in no indiana jones no he's fine i think he's okay in indiana yeah. jones I, I don't know but well, no that's just another character you'd compare him to oh yeah i say i was to say also there's a guy in and i don't know his name i apologize but in revenge of the nerds and everything about that movie is awful right well the overarching issue is that we are counting on one hand how many roles we can compare him to yeah i guess that's, uh, true. that's the bigger issue other than if if his portrayal is bad in this movie or not yeah, well, I mean, I think he that has might be spoken. On us. <laughs> that I might think, be on us. Yeah. We may just not know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's spoken a lot about the roles he used to get. Yeah, these roles as well. I don't know. I haven't heard. I would love to know his opinion. I haven't heard him yeah. say anything about it. Like, were these were these roles good or bad? I think they were great, but I don't know. Yeah, I think he's more focused on the fact that he couldn't find work in, the in between. That, yeah. And a whole story just came out about after they shot everything everywhere all at once. He, he lost couldn't, his insurance. He couldn't get on the insurance or yeah or he lost it again because he couldn't get another role after that and now he's about to win an oscar and we'll see what happens hopefully he's gonna win an oscar yeah i'm so curious what you're gonna think about that movie i mean i'm not i think i know i think i know what you'll think but i'll probably just like it I, it looks like a thing i'm gonna like okay i'm not positive about that Ooh. okay i might hate it <laughs> that's fine you know what i want to go back to a co the conversation about if we're Let's ready or were it. you about to go no, in the direction like the idea of teen movies and where they've gone i think is because i this was the thing that hit me the most this morning when i started thinking about okay like focusing on this movie because everything was teen movies to me when i was a kid well it okay. but like back to the future yes um I didn't even think about it, but it is. Like Indiana Jones, maybe not no. as much. Well, we're saying PG-13. We are kind of. All right, run the list from the top down. We're kind of saying PG-13, but P PG to PG-13. So you okay. got Goonies hits the top of the list here. Okay. Stand by me. Which also, by the way, I don't know if it's intentionally a reference or it's a, oh, we stole, stole that from, uh, there's a stand by me moment in Goonies. Oh, yeah? When Chunk is telling the stories about all the bad things he's done one of them is directly from stand by me but stand by me came out in 1986 i know so it could be a reference to the short story okay um but yeah about like throwing up in the movie theater oh, and that's... making everybody throw up that's the story that um in stand by me they tell a story about i don't know it's like some back in the day some guy came and he went to this pie eating contest and he threw up and then he made everybody throw up. Oh. And it's like the same story. There was a girl in gymnastics when I was little who told that story as her own. And I remember when I finally huh. saw Goonies, I realized, oh, she was giving a performance. Oh. That didn't actually happen. Oh. But she had a tendency to do that. She, I found as I knew her longer in oh, life. Less and she, less of her was real. She took moments from movies that I hadn't seen yet because I wasn't allowed oh. to and just like made them her own stories. All right. Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club. Love that movie. Watched it 3,000 times. Adventures in Babysitting. Seen it 3,000 times. That was one of my favorites. Yeah. The Lost, Lost Boys. Boys. I had a Lost Boys t-shirt when I was in high school. Love that movie. License to Drive. That movie is awful. That I've never seen it. truly, deeply, dangerously does not hold up. That is one of the most sexist films I've ever seen in my life. Well, we'll skip it then. Uh, that movie involves them drugging Heather Graham and oh, driving her around in a trunk of a car 
and then posing her unconscious body to take sexy pictures with. Just a fun teen movie. Yeah, I was like, I put that on because people always talk about it. That was like the first time where I've seen an 80s movie where I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, I am prepared for some fucked up shit to happen. But like, holy shit, nobody had ever warned me about that one. That goes way beyond. Thank you for the warning. Uh, fair. Yeah, be warned. Uh, 16 Candles. Super problematic. Love that movie. Pretty in Pink. Sucks. Uh, St. Elmo's Fire. Lame. Secret Admirer? I don't even know what that is. Wait, you're going, going so fast. Like, you're going so well, fast. Because I'm looking for ones that are like kind of like known popular 80s movies. I know all of these. Well, I don't know. Well, but like Heathers, Edward Scissorhands. The point being that like. Weird Science, the source of my puberty. <laughs> Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Ferris Bueller, yeah. Labyrinth, Dirty Dancing. Cry baby. Th- the cry baby is so fucking good. Have you seen that recently? Oh, not recently. I it's been a it's been a number s- of years. Straight up, have a hard time breathing while watching that movie. <laughs> it's so fucking god. I've also funny. never. There's an original. Is there no? Because that is the John Waters movie. You're thinking of Hairspray. Yes, Hairspray. Hairspray. Has the there's a John Waters movie, and then they remade it as a musical. Right, and it's quite different. Yeah, the original's way better. Yeah. Big, Clueless. I can just Heather's. Big's a weird one. Big mean is a weird girls. One. Each of these should be an episode on the show. I want to do Heather's Clueless Mean Girls. I got problems with Heather's. I haven't seen Heather's in in many many years. The ending of Heather's really Heather's really pisses me off. Oh, it does I save it for an episode it for about it? Episode, but yeah. I think like Heather's Heather's solidly Gen X. If that's your movie, if your that's your movie, movie. Clueless, you're a cusper. Okay, I like Clueless. Mean Girls, you're solidly a millennial. I have not seen Mean Girls. Oh, it's so, great. I mean, that puts me that that tells you where I'm at. But I am you're a millennial. Cusper. Yeah, I'm a cusper. I I mean, I probably seen Clueless more than Heather's, but it'd be tough. I don't know. I haven't seen either one all that many times. Um, because neither one like honestly, we had to watch Clueless in high school in class. Well, you're so you're proving my point right now because yeah. I've seen Clueless and Mean Girls. I'm two years younger than you. I've seen Clueless and Mean Girls a million times. Heather's a couple. Okay, there you go. Well, we watched Clueless in school. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Because yeah, as we had to read Sense and Sensibility, uh huh, and then watch two different or is it Emma? I think it's Emma. I think yeah, you're right because we had to. I remember we had to watch the Paltrow Emma. Right. Read the book and then watch Clueless. Yep. Uh, the the best, by the way, was Clueless. Brilliant. Our friends call it a movie in 147 acts because there's just like eight movies inside that one movie. That's interesting. Well, you know, I don't know why, but that connected back to, okay, thought about Goonies. And this is something we just watched it. This is what I was thinking about. The opening sequence of Goonies sets up so goddamned much. Yeah. And I don't know what you're, so as a child. We had Goonies that we taped off of the TV. Okay. And it was missing a, like a this, big yeah. chunk of the opening sequence. Okay. What was it up until when? I honestly, like the first thing I remember is Data arriving and they break the statue. That's the first scene I think I remember from when I was a kid. I do the same thing and not not for the same reason, but I always like in my mind, if you ask me what the opening shot to this movie is, it's the street. I don't know why. Oh, interesting. That the house is on. But I forget, like, when we were watching it, I was like, holy shit. Like, didn't remember the feet, anything. The opening sequence, the title sequence, whatever you want to call it, sets up. It's so tight. It's a masterpiece. 
first off, you get this entire mini movie about the Fratellis escaping prison and everything that happens there, right? Brilliant, fantastic, wonderful things happening. Uh, with Ma Fratelli eating saltines totally she's casually. Eating a saltine. Yeah, she's so casually in this police chase. <laughs> Very also casually beating the shit out of everybody else in that four by four race on the beach. They're all there in race trucks. She just shows up and wins. <laughs> just, she goes, oh, yeah, that's like just speeds out of them. No problem at all. <laughs> Mama's a badass. She's a well, she's also a dangerous psychopathic killer. And a badass. And a badass. She's got she's got girl boss powers. Oh, energies. yeah. She's a real girl boss in certainly that she belongs in prison. Uh, <laughs> but the um, you meet every single character in a way that so wonderfully characterizes those characters and sets them up. And the Fratellis, every they have they all have an interaction with the Fratellis, whether they realize it or not, mm-hmm. as the Fratellis are escaping from prison. Mm-hmm. It is and it sets up the whole town. Like it is the best exposition. It's the best kind of exposition you could pull off. You right, know? because it's a short. It's a short movie. It's, it's a short film. movie. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I agree with you. And also sets the tone of the movie. Like the fact that like they put a line of uh like gas around them and light it on. They don't hurt anyone. Like it's just like the Fratellis later fun. shoot two FBI agents <laughs> in the face, and then do we see? We don't see it. Though. We hear the two shots. That's true. And then we see the corpse That's with true. a bullet in his head. All right, all right. You're right. It does strike me in that opening scene though that they like put this nice line of fire just to trap the men so they the can't police, get to yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, even if you're really hardened criminals, you don't want to go around killing cops. Probably not. So not not in broad daylight. Not unless they don't even want to kill the kids because like that's ooh baby that's risky stuff like they yeah. try to avoid that for quite a bit until the kids definitely know too much right they just have them the walking the plank is always a funny thing to me because it's like okay at some point <laughs> yeah so that's my yeah that, if i had one complaint it's that the danger in this movie is so real all the way through it even though it's cartoonish the fratelli's are shooting guns at these kids. They're oh, trying yeah. to kill them. Yeah. Um, until like the final s- sequence when it's just like, we're going to walk the plank. With our hands tied, which I guess sort is of. like, yeah. Yeah, but not really. And like, there's not, I don't know. And like, at that point, it's like, you don't get the treasure we do. And I guess the stakes sort of change from loss of life to loss of treasure. Yeah. It felt like, it does feel like the, the tension ratchets down. It sure a, does. A notch. Yeah. Um, that's my only complaint about the movie overall. Otherwise, I, I absolutely love this movie. I do think it holds up. I do think that particularly as an 80s film, it really holds up in that like, man, there's nothing like you said, we don't have to make any apologies for this movie. No, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I'm trying to think of other 80s movies that you don't really have to do that with. Um, I don't think you do in Back to the Future. I don't think you do in Return of the Living Dead. No, you don't. Return of the Living Dead is a phenomenal yeah. film as well. Perfect movie. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point, right? Like, whenever anybody says, like, oh, it's like, everything was like that. It really wasn't. Like. That's true. It wasn't. There was a TikToker I saw. She was doing reviews about this. and Anyway, about how you have to look at who the audience was. And the audience for Revenge of the Nerds was dumbasses. And, like, it was <laughs> basically was her <laughs> argument. Like, just, like mass appeal she was like comparing this to something else and i forget what the other one was but the point was that like revenge of the nerds is a terrible film yeah that is reprehensible that never seen that one either was designed to appeal to a reprehensible audience mm-hmm. and that's why give me a summary give me the elevator pitch <sighs> nerds go to college try to pledge a frat can't get into a frat find a national fraternity uh, franchise lambda 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 that is 
willing to let them establish the first like uh, house on this particular campus. They become the campus. They have a new frat, Lambda, 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 and the Alpha Betas, who are like the jock frat, really hate the nerd frat, and they get into a frat war um, in which the nerds will win by raping their women. Oh, <laughs> great, great. Yeah, that's 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 basically, that's it. I mean, I loved Revenge of the Nerds growing up. I didn't know anything was wrong with it. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, I thought it was a fantastic movie. And well, that's what people mean when they say everything was like that back then. Exactly. It was, I didn't know that that wasn't okay. I didn't see the no difference. No one told me that that wasn't okay. Yeah, I mean, like, I couldn't see the difference between Revenge of the Nerds and Goonies, for example. Sure. Even Porky's treats women better than Revenge of the Nerds. I'm serious. Yeah. I think that'll be another one I skip then. Just don't have, it's just one scene. Uh, yeah. It's really just one or two scenes. Even sc- one scene. It's too exhausting. Yeah. I'm exhausted by it. I don't have time for it. Yeah. My money also is power now, and I'm not going to pay for it. That's right. It's very similar to the main complaint of uh, 16 Candles, except it's worse. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's more malicious. I'm like, let's just play that scene out and see how it goes. Which one? No, no. Like the movie is just saying, let's take what's mentioned in Sixteen Candles and play the scene uh, out. We're just beating around the bush about it. Let's just explain it. In Revenge of the Nerds, uh, our lead nerd uh, at a big like college fundraising charity f- carnival dresses as Darth Vader, which our hot cheerleader sorority girl. Her boyfriend is dressed as Darth Vader. Uh, Nerd and sorority girl bang in the bouncy castle. Um, And then he reveals who he really is, to which she is impressed that he was so good in the sack. And he says, that's it's a great line, though, that that's because all jocks ever think about is sports and all nerds ever think about is sex. Um. And that's how we have our final triumph over the the jocks in the film. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's much, much worse because he knows that he's, tra- you know, like, like I don't know. That's, uh, that's I tricked you. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's horrific shit, right? And usually when you find that out, you're like, well, at least you were better. Yeah. What Normally that's how it works. Oh, God. Yeah. It that's is awful. very male fantasy. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I guess they imply in 16 Candles that. I don't know. She's drunk and he's basically like, you can have sex. I'll give you my girlfriend for the night. You can have sex with her. The fig leaf for that scene. And I don't know that, you know, why am I carrying water for it? I don't know. But if I was going to defend it, I would say that I don't think it's clear that she thinks she's sleeping with her boyfriend. I think it's that she's so drunk that she's and she sleeps around and she's sleeping around because I think that that's brought up before that she's like cheating on him elsewhere in the movie maybe but still like the so drunk thing is where you lose for sure you lose it and the giving permission for sure to have my thing also not great okay fine don't want to argue that i <laughs> I, I think that there's it's there's no her side of the story so it's pretty clear what the filmmaker thinks about the situation it's, it's funny though i don't see that though i see that he's saying hey if my, you're saying here is my girlfriend you can have sex with Isn't her. Isn't that, I mean, I haven't seen the scene in ages. No, That's what you I can remember, hear it a couple different yeah. ways though. And I hear it as, here is my girlfriend. 
if she has sex with you, I won't kick your ass. You have my permission. Um, Same thing. Still his property. Oh, yeah. But you kick someone's ass if your girlfriend sleeps with them. You don't. I mean, the, the way that he's saying it, then it doesn't the like the way that he's saying that it doesn't need to be. It's it's useless in the movie. I guess it's not good. I don't like it. OK, that's fine. I don't necessarily I don't have any strong opinions about it. I, I uh, yeah. But we have a movie here with none of these problems. You're absolutely right. And what I wanted to talk about was how real the kids are in this movie. Um, I always lament the existence of real teeth in films. Every time I see real teeth in an older movie, I'm like, ah, real teeth. Because I hate how everybody has the exact same set of caps now or veneers. And it's just like nobody has a face with any character anymore. They all just have the stupid fucking fake teeth. Uh, watch more British movies. I do. I do. Them. No, this is the thing. And I don't want to malign the people of England. But truth be told, because the BBC is state funded and not essentially funded by advertising the way that all con or, or subscriptions or whatever. I swear this is a difference in America. We cast models right. and hope they can act. And in the UK, you cast actors and don't care that they're not models. <laughs> it's Yeah, generally true. You know, you can be ugly and work on camera in the UK, and I love you for it so much. Yeah, John Waters are bust here. Yeah, for real. For real. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, he'll cast you. That's great. You mean that the kids look real? We talked they about how their characters real. are real. They you're behave just, real. Yeah. They look real. They feel real. This is such a stupid reference, but there's a quote. I don't know if it's a quote, but I've heard that when they were putting together the Mickey fucking Mouse Club, uh, they were doing casting and Walt Disney kind of upset the apple cart when he stuck his nose in and said, stop. Wait a minute. I don't want you casting kids who can stand on one foot while tap dancing on a snare drum and playing a trumpet. I want you to just cast regular kids, mm. just regular kids, just normal, regular kids. I felt maybe it's because I was younger. I don't know what kids feel now, but I really felt like I could relate to these kids. They felt like me. They looked like me when I saw this movie when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I don't know. They don't feel so far removed into some plasticine fantasy reality yeah so sean astin is like the cutest he's sort of the cute as a button kid but then in hindsight watching it as like someone who's his career has followed like things i watched growing yeah. up he became more and more real you know so i just see him differently but like watching the movie today i was like man i forgot I when I think of this movie in my head, I see a more now version of Sean Astin, and I was like, "Wow, he's an adorable little kid throughout this whole movie. He's just cute." Oh, I see what you mean. He's just like he's just the perfect little cute little button. Okay, uh, well, he's well cast. But he's very well cast, and I mean, I can't divorce him from Rudy and uh, Samwise Gamgee, and now. Stranger Things. You know what I always think about with Sean Astin? And I feel very comfortable talking about this now. Sure. I, uh, working at a place we used to work, I cut some show trailers for a show called The Alienist. Uh-huh. On I remember Showtime that. or whatever. Yeah. And to build those trailers, they gave me all the footage they had. And what a lot of people, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, almost nobody is aware of is that in the alienist that tv series um a young teddy roosevelt is a character a lot of people know that but that it, in the original shooting it was played by sean astin 
and I had all that footage. Why did they? Why did they recast? Um, because Sean Astin. I'll tell you first off. When they do a biopic of Teddy Roosevelt, Sean Astin is the guy for the job. Mm-hmm. He kills it as Teddy Roosevelt, but he plays an older Teddy Roosevelt. I see. They needed a young, brash police commissioner of New York, Teddy Roosevelt, and not a on his way to the White House, Teddy Roosevelt. But he's phenomenal in the part as Roosevelt. Like, yeah. kills it. Unbelievable. Um, that's what I think of when I think of Sean Astin. He needs to be in more stuff. He should be. He's he, always a delight to see. He was in The Stranger Things, which is a really relevant topic. Because yeah. I think that Stranger Things had has going for it, or did have going for it, a lot of what Goonies had, which was they felt like real kids. Well, it started as a teen show. Now it's gotten real scary, like legit horror. I don't know. I don't feel like the tone has shifted that much. No, not the overall tone, but I think it's definitely gotten scarier. You do? Oh, yeah. I don't know, man. I know people who don't love horror but liked Stranger Things, and this last season was like, I was pushing it a little. Yeah, like The kids like going up into the... Oh, I just thought it was so silly. Oh, no. I just thought it was much scarier. It felt like a um, very direct Friday the 13th. No, sorry. uh, Nightmare on Elm Street references. That's horror. Yeah, but so is everything that they were referencing in the first season. The first season felt more like E.T. And the latest season felt more like... I mean, Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street. Heavily Nightmare. Yeah. There's a a distance between those two things as far Uh, as scariness goes. Yeah, but also the first season wasn't just E.T. There was a lot of Cronenberg in the first season for sure. Sure. Um, which is real scary shit. <laughs> yeah. Have you never seen Videodrome, right? No. Holy shit, girl. I got a whole bunch of fucked up movies I got to squeeze into your brain <laughs> stuffs. Fucked up month. What month will that be? All of them. All of the months. I just found out about um, Night Flight Plus, which is this. Night Flight was like an old music anthology show that I never got into. But like now there's a Night Flight, Night Flight Plus channel that you can subscribe to. And it is that, but it's also like so much like underground midnight movie weirdness. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever seen Forbidden Zone? No. It is a movie that Danny like, Elfman like wants you to forget. Things I've never even heard of. That is the stuff that comes out of your mouth. I know. I know. I'm a walking example of Kim's video. <laughs> um, like, and I watched, I've watched a lot of movies, watched a lot of movies growing up. I know seeing a lot of different movies than you've seen. Oh, yeah, for sure. There's but definitely yeah, I, but these life. are things I, like, I just haven't even heard of. Forbidden Zone, man. You need yeah. to be high to watch that movie. Give me, give me a couple months. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I think that you're missing out if you're not. The, it is a um, very weird art, art film, experience film, rock film. I don't know what the hell you call it. It's a strange movie. Yeah. Um, and it was invented by Danny Elfman's brother so that Danny Elfman could write the music score to a movie. And it's something. It's, <laughs> it's, put it on the list. We're just going to need someone to make a running list of everything we talk about. Can we talk about 80s babes for a minute? <laughs> um, Is acknowledging the existence of babes a sexist I thing? Well... No, I don't think so. Okay, fine. That's fine. I just want to make sure this is a safe space to talk babes. We have a very in common 80s babe. Oh, we do? Which one? Um oh God. Okay, hold on. I have to I have to land. Who's this. your 80s babe? To, oh, you're gonna know as soon as I Is it Kelly LeBrock? No. Because it's Kelly LeBrock. <laughs> no, this was my biggest Oh, dude, Elizabeth Shue? Fuck yeah. Yeah, Elizabeth Shue. Hell yeah. And you never saw The Karate Kid? I didn't, no. Oh, dude, that's her like first movie. Oh, great. 
I'm yeah. even more excited. Uh, and also Josh Brolin first movie, apparently The Goonies, which I find hard to believe. Yeah, I, I found that out today, too. Like this. I, that is kind of hard to believe. But I guess not. And he's like, what, 16, 17? He just seems so established when you see it. He's he gets, <laughs> he's a teenager. I, I don't know. You first saw this movie when you were a kid. So he was older to you then. That's true. He was so cool. Yeah, exactly. Actually, he's not. He's such a dork. He's always working out like a freak. <laughs> wearing shorts over his sweats. I like him. He's a very likable brother. He's a good brother. He's a good character. Everybody's very likable. Yeah, all, all, except for Troy. Troy's a total douchebag but all the other characters are super likable they are really supportive of each other yeah it's really cool nobody is like like they're chunk gets ribbed on pretty heavily he does in the opening his introduction he gets ribbed on pretty heavily but immediately sean Aston's like cut it out and for the rest yeah. of the movie like they just sort of ignore him and he's usually right yes He's and very good he at kinda, breaking things, too. Right. Is he's a klutz, thing. so he kind of gets left behind. But it's yeah. like, no one's... They sort of jokingly make fun of him. They don't like... They seem friendly. They don't haze him the whole no, movie no, by any means. Anyway, about the mateys, babes. I... This goes back to the realness of actors and and performances and characters in these movies, which is... um. I don't know. I mean, of course, I was younger and I was a wee lad and hormonal, but like I really could fall in love with the idea of some of these 80s babes, these characters in a way that I don't think I would if I was coming up today. Well, no, probably not. You know, but you like, yeah, I mean, you're a hormonal teenager. No, I'm for saying, one but like if I was a hormonal <laughs> teenager now. I don't think that there's content oh. being made now that would connect with you in that same way where it felt tactile real like you know where these people seemed like real actual flesh and blood humans no yes sure that's not wrong i don't know i'm trying to understand completely what you mean i am like, too I'm, I'm thinking like zendaya like you're saying you wouldn't have a crush on someone like zendaya she's way too far away right she's just so she's such an a big larger than yeah man like she's not sure. a real like she is a real person but like you put her she's, a, she's not a real person you know right. what i mean like whereas you look at like you were saying like elizabeth shoe or as i said if you have a young man or perhaps a young gay lady, mm -hmm. you're watching this movie, there are two representations of uh, of the lady in it, and you get to pick which one is your crush, <laughs> That's right. right? So you're either an Andy or a Steph. I was a Steph all the way. 100%. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Way cooler, uh, way, way, uh, way more fun. Way, definitely want to go home with Steph, not Andy. Uh, watch this movie. Andy just seems like a huge pain in the ass. She's a very high maintenance girl. She is the one that everyone has a crush on. And of course. it's like, why? That's the way it Why? Yeah. I guess it's true. Like, I, you know, staff. 100, team staff. Team we need staff. shirts. Team staff. That's team our, staff. our first yeah, that's podcast our first shirt. Pod. <laughs> team staff. Fuck yeah, man. Somewhat unfortunately, she spells her name like my ex-girlfriend. So I don't know if I'll uh -oh. be walking around with a team staff t-shirt. Wrong staff. Only the right steps I'll just have to, I have to have a conversation with my wife about that one. Hey, babe. Do you <laughs> well, you put a face on there. Yeah, there you go. You, okay, it's well, not just going to be Steph. You're going to have like, a, like an icon of Steph yeah. from the movie with the earrings and stuff. The stuff much cooler. But like the Breakfast Club, too. Like, So Molly Ringwald never really did anything for me. No, not talking about Molly Ringwald. What did you just bring up? The Breakfast Club. Yeah, but we're, we're, talk we're talking about 80s, babe. We're talking about Ali Sheedy. Sure. Molly Ringwald is fine, but Ali Sheedy. Yes, agree. 
you watch war games. You've seen war games? I've seen war games, but ooh, when I was little, little. That's okay. But like, you know, I mean, of course, these are movies that were about older kids than me, right? Like, yeah, right. So like, it's aspirational. Right. But like, there's something just so cozy about the relationship between Ali Sheedy and uh, uh, Matthew Broderick's character in war games. Like, I, I, you could imagine as a young boy, Ali Sheedy as your girlfriend. You know what I mean? And I don't think that I could grow up. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm just now we're just beleaguering this point. I don't think it would work. I don't think that happens anymore. I don't think you could anymore. I think everything is so plastic, you know, so not authentic, not real, not of the reality in which you exist. There's no verisimilitude. Yeah, I think mostly that's true. I think there's but I think we get that through like more Internet stars, more like accessible people. So it's like movie stars have become like. Oh. Another thing, because now we've got a whole world of accessible, aspirational people. Accessible, I don't know. It's very aspirational. Different. People. Yeah. Yeah. What, who, 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 the parasocial relationship. Well, let's just say it. The nature of the parasocial relationship has changed a lot, uh, a great deal in yeah. the past 40 years, hasn't it? <laughs> it has. It has changed a great deal indeed. indeed. Let's go down that rabbit hole. It's changed a great deal. In the last 40 years. I wonder if like teens now crush more on TikTok stars and people they feel like they can message and interact with. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what the teens are crushing on. Tell us, teens. (laughs) Teens, what are you crushing (laughs) on? Who are you crushing on, teens? They're all like, Greg from How to Drink. Uh, I hope not. (laughs) I'm sure somebody would. Yeah, all right. Well, that's an uncomfortable point you brought up. Uh. (laughs) Um, So where I was going before, which is something we haven't talked about, is sort of like the undertone of the whole movie, which is that they're about to lose their house. Oh, yeah, man. And the reason they're on this quest to begin with, which... It's a movie about class. I would love to know how many lines establish that because it's not beaten to death, but man, do you feel the weight of this adventure and what they... What do you mean it's not beaten to death? Every other line isn't like, but brother, we need to save our house, oh. you know, but like. Yeah. Well, they're just not underestimating the audience. They just, they figured you yeah. got it. <laughs> they figured you got it. It's not just fun. We found a pirate ship and we're going on this journey. It's like the necessity of yeah. the urgency of we have one night left to save our house. The whole Goonies, the whole Goondocks. Because they're Goonies because they live in the Goondocks, which is the poor side of town. Yeah, I did not. I So until I was way too old, I thought Goonies was like a name for explorers. Oh. And they were calling themselves Goonies because that's what explorers called themselves. And gotcha. It was just like, so uh, I found that out, you know, as recently as, as today. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you're trying to say? You found it out just now when I said that out loud. No, no, no. <laughs> I read it earlier this morning. Got it. Okay. <laughs> I figured it out on my own, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, oh, this is like, I always thought that that was just a word. But like, it occurred to me the second I read that, that I've never heard. Another explorer referred to as a Goonie? Ever once. No, never once. Yeah. <laughs> ever once. So anyway. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Never once heard that. Yeah. Nope. So they're saving everybody's homes, you know? Um, a lot of that was lost on me as a kid, too. I knew that there was like they were losing the house and the dad was signing some paperwork that he didn't want to have to sign. Then there's no more papers, no more papers ever um, and uh, whatever. But like, 
Yeah, I, I, I think that that's a great point, though. I mean, like, it's a it's a class movie. This is a cl- the, the tension here is between riches and poors. Right. And in the 80s, people were unable to buy homes, losing their homes, high interest rates. Like, I think yeah. it would have been um, a relevant problem to a lot of kids watching this movie, feeling the stress of their parents trying to buy homes. Hey, one question I have is how many Pirates of the Caribbean are there on the northern coasts of Oregon? Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, like one-eyed Willie. Oh yeah, is a Caribbean golden age of pirate. <laughs> How did he get up to Oregon? <laughs> I guess he had to go all the way around. That's right. It's a long trip. That's a long way to go to hide your gold. Wow, all the way. Yeah, all the way around. Yeah, all the way around uh, Tierra de Fuego. Yeah. Were there pirates on the West Coast? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm betting the answer's no. That is pretty funny. Just put a pirate up there. Never occurred to me as a kid, by the way. Like, how did he get there? Why would there be pirates on the Northwest Coast? Try and think of any way. It's like, he went to the thinnest part and just, like, lifted up the ship and carried it across. Right. If you think about, like, the golden <laughs> age of piracy, I don't even think there was anybody but like first nations peoples over there at that point Mm-mm. in the 1600s nope yep i don't think so <laughs> i don't think there. yeah <laughs> there was nothing there <laughs> maybe there was some spanish stuff down south but like yeah i don't know <laughs> that is funny yeah why oregon do you know why they said it there nope. i mean it's beautiful it's gorgeous they and they shot it there fantastic absolutely. on location yep, absolutely and that's actually a big thing that i think this movie has going for too is that like so many of these exteriors would have been a green screen now yeah and i think that that's fine but there is i don't know there's just a tactile magic to those kids standing on those bluffs with that that weather behind them that they that they couldn't have planned for that's just what the weather was doing that day and there it is it looks great yeah it's very i mean spielberg does that with et too i don't know where that was shot but you like the landscape uh, et is southern california yeah but you feel like that that suburb is just like very ingrained in my in my brain like that location of where that takes place you like and the forest as a kid yeah um yes but it did scare me but yes et i hated et the the scene where they link and he's getting drunk in the classroom like yeah. something was really unsettling about that to me as okay. a kid but the rest of it. That's the part that was scary? Well, I know when he dies and all of that, that's not great sure. either. But no, something about like his body being taken over by this. Oh. Like I, did, I didn't like that. Oh my God, dude. I always hated E.T. as a kid. And it was just like this movie that like my mom was like, you love E.T. I'm going to put it on. We're going to watch E.T. I was like, I don't want to watch E.T. Please don't make me watch E.T. <laughs> because frankly, E.T. was fucking boring to me as a child. There's this alien in it. It was just friendly and like silly and not like I had seen aliens like the James okay. Cameron movie. Yeah, that would be like a as a young yeah. child. Like if there wasn't like machine gunnery going on, I was pretty tuned out. Sure. Do you have any final thoughts about the Goonies? Goonies, man. I fucking love this movie. It actually holds up. It is extremely watchable. It is extremely economical. I didn't even talk about the fact that like every shot counts. Every shot counts. I agree. I think like I walked away this time feeling like um, this was just like it's it's a one day 
well, overnight, yeah. like real adventure. When I used to yeah. fantasize leaving my house as a kid of the things that could happen. Oh, for sure. This is an attainable adventure. Now it's like you're a wizard or you're a superhero. Like yes. you're a kid. You can't be any of those These things. These are just regular kids. Yeah. And it's That's just so cool. Oh, it's just. I'm glad we rewatched it today. I didn't even think about I, that. That's a great point. Love this movie. Well, this has been Midnight Local. Thank you for listening, and I hope that you will keep doing that. You will find this podcast at midnightlocal.com on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Yep, and we'll see you later this week on How to Drink if you join us over there. Okie dokies. End of the show now. Bye-byes. Bye. Bye.